The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Welcome, everyone. I'm Tanya Weiser. Really nice to have you all here. Don't worry if you weren't here last week. You can also um, go to YouTube and watch the video from last class because there's, you know, we won't be able to review it all, but we, Don will give us a little bit of an overview or a reminder mm-hmm. of what we covered. But it's all good. So, yeah, a warm, warm welcome to each of you. In addition to YouTube, I want to especially encourage you to go to audiodharma.org because there you can either listen to an audio recording, you can watch the video there, and you can also download or view any of the handouts. Um, so if you missed a class or just want a refresher, that's a great resource. Um, and I just want to start, um, before we really get into it, by asking if um, everyone's okay. The practice here usually is that the teachers remove their mask while teaching and that everybody else stays masked. We've got HEPA filtration in the big system and these little blue air filters all around. So um, just make eye contact with me and let me know whether or not that's all right with you. Okay. All right. Great. Hang on. Now that I'm not wearing a mask, is the volume still okay, or am I blowing you away? Okay. So welcome to part two of a five-part introduction to meditation series. Um, My name is Dawn Neal. Tanya Weiser already introduced herself. And um, just want to offer a really brief overview of the highlights from last week, the first week. This is a mindfulness course, mindfulness meditation course. And as many of you probably know, mindfulness meditation or mindfulness in general can be engaged in without being Buddhist. There's absolutely no requirement that you change your beliefs in any way. Um, This is a cultivation of learning a certain kind of intimacy with life, of what's happening while it's happening, rather than thinking about it, imagining it, projecting it, remembering it. And so that intimacy, that checking in with what's happening while it's happening, is a more kind of direct experience than living in the world of ideas. What this tends to cultivate is the capacity for choice, the capacity for a distance between what is happening in our world or in our minds and our response to it. And um, that choice in um, sort of the Buddhist ethics that we draw on allows the possibility for non-harming, a life of non-harming. And I like to think of it as non-harming begins at home. And our bodies are home, our hearts, our minds are home. So, this body, this heart, this mind is where we're going to be exploring. 
and um, the home base for most of us here is the breath. And we use some kind of terms of art or special language that I'll explain briefly. Um, The breath is the home base of where to bring the attention back to for most meditators. That's also sometimes called the anchor, the anchor of your meditation, or the object of attention. So if we talk about an object of attention, we're just talking about what we're paying attention to on purpose. So you'll hear each of us use those words interchangeably. So meditating... There are many, many, many forms of meditation, but mindfulness meditation is observing with awareness, seeing, knowing what's happening here, now, while it's happening. It's like a naturalist observing nature. And it's helpful in that process to take an external posture that's comfortable but alert, so you can just check in with how you're sitting now, and an internal posture or stance that is also balanced, open, receptive, kind, forgiving, maybe even a little bit playful or experimental. So um, we covered two sitting, two postures, meditation postures last week, sitting and standing. Um, there's not time to go through the different sitting postures. Tonight, later in the night, I'll touch on lying down as an option as well. And, um, and later on in the course, we'll talk about walking meditation. So that's a very brief overview does um does any- I, if you if there's anything else you want to say i think you could take a couple more minutes if there's just just saying if you feel like there's okay yeah. um i think i'd like to see what questions are in the room and then Great. maybe i'll say a word or two after that so does anybody have questions either based on what i've heard so far or, or based on what i've said so far what you've heard so far or um from last week. We've got a lot of people here who've done the class before or have never done the class at all. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think what I'd like to do, if you're all right with it, is for us to start with names. Um, uh, My name is Dawn, as I mentioned, and maybe we can just go around and end with Tanya. Everyone, my name is Nathan. Shalane. Divya? Okay. Michael. I'm Grace. I'm Scott. I'm Kevin. I'm Loki. I'm Elena. I'm Anne Rose. Court. Richard. And Tanya. Great. Great. So, um, just tapping into what might be um, helpful for those of you who have... Is there anyone here who's never meditated, never looked at an instruction, nothing? No? Okay. Um, I think 
maybe the only other thing that is really important to say is that um, it's always, always okay to begin again and again and again. And if thoughts are popping into your head or distractions are popping into your head and your mind is going all over the place, to just be easy with it. It's pretty rare in meditation that thinking stops. And it's not necessarily what we're trying to cultivate, especially when beginning. It's much more about a helpful, healthy relationship to what's happening in our hearts and minds and bodies. That's the incredible skill that this practice confers. And if I were to distill all of Buddhist practice, mindfulness practice, down to one sentence, I would say the core of it is about relationship. How we relate to reality. So... That's what I have. Tanya, would you like to add anything before moving into the instructions? I think I'll, I'll, um, since I'm talking next, I think I'll go ahead and whenever you're done with this section, I'll just sort of maybe add my pieces. Okay, great. So we teach the class um, progressively. We, first week we focus on breath. So that's what we talked about last week was mindfulness of breathing and sort of the experience of where you can feel the breath at the nose and the you know, back of the throat, the chest, the belly, helping ourselves sort of invite ourselves to let the belly relax. So maybe put your hands over your belly buttons with me for a moment. See if you can breathe in and press your hands out with your breath, letting your belly really poke out. So it's shifting our breathing from, a lot of us do chest breathing. And so the idea here is try and breathe into the hands, expand the belly. It's going to feel artificial and weird to get started. And then with the exhale, press you know, the belly in with the hands and help bring the belly button toward the spine. Breathe out more air than you brought in. And then you'll feel yourself wanting to take a breath. Go ahead and let it come in deep and you'll feel it's starting to, right, come in a little deeper, easier. Just repeat that a few times, right? So breathing in, pressing the belly out with the hands or hands out with the belly. Really full. And then the exhale, pushing and using your hands to support the belly button going toward the spine and pressing out more air than you breathed in. And then waiting to feel that, wanting to breathe, and really allow it to come down in and deep. Oh, good. I see some bellies moving. Can you feel it in your belly? You feel like you got the diaphragm? Oh, yawning. That's a good indicator. Nice. Anybody feeling like they can't quite get it? Nope. Okay, good. So just now allowing your breath to return to however it wants to breathe. This is just a nice practice when we get started to help us find that full breath. Another thing is to lift those shoulders up and roll them back. 
kind of a counter stretch to how we go through most of the day in our lives. And you can press the elbows down toward your hips, kind of keeping the shoulders back, but then allowing the hands to rest in your lap or on your legs. So becoming connected to our breath can be very helpful for meditation. It's often kind of the core anchor, object of attention, sort of the tether, the things that kind of helps us stay connected to the present moment. And you might just take a three-breath journey right now. Just see if you can't stay intimately connected with your breath, like kind of like riding a wave, sort of the, the really letting it come in and lift you up, rising up, and then the wave recedes, just staying really close to that whole expansion and contraction, seeing if there's a pause at the end of the exhale, at the top of the inhale, just staying right with it, just three breaths, just three breaths. And then notice how you feel. Just notice what, how it felt to take a three-breath journey. Do you feel any different? Do you feel any more present? A little bit? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes um, when we're having a meditation period, it can be helpful to come back to this idea of just three breaths. Let me just try and be with three breaths in a row. Especially if we're struggling to stay present with our thinking, our emotions, you know, too much. Try this three-breath journey, any point in your meditation. It's a, a goal that feels pretty doable. And just, and just enough to help us kind of reset sometimes. So... So the amazing thing about breathing is um, it is we can be aware of just the breath, but we also can feel the breath in the whole body. So just, just see for a moment or two. Just see what happens if you just kind of open your awareness up to feel your whole body here and experience your body breathing. What can you notice? You might want to once again take a longer, deeper breath just because that gives you a little bit of an extra oxygen boost that sometimes is very tangible in the body. It looks like you are all fairly comfortable with being with your breath. Is that correct? Is anybody uncomfortable with the breath? No? Everybody's okay. All right. Great. 
So let's imagine, let's just pretend you were at class last week. You had these instructions. You started to feel this intimacy with the breathing. And that you spent time cultivating your relationship with breathing this last week. You meditated, or maybe you were aware of your breathing as you walked around. Imagine sort of just doing that in and out of the flow of your life. How you might be feeling a little bit more connected to the experience of breathing this, this week after a week of practicing. Maybe you would have experienced some moments of like, oh, that was helpful. Like remembering to take some breaths, you know. And so this week we'll expand and this week the practice will be to start to tune into the body, the whole body and the experiences through the body. And that doesn't mean you won't notice breathing. Okay? Right? So you're going to still notice breathing. But we're going to kind of expand. Like it's like growing the circles of awareness. So last week we were working more on the breath and now we'll grow it a little bit and include all the experiences that can happen through the body. Seeing, touching, smelling, tasting, hearing, sensations in the whole body. Before we start, you know, I'd start giving instructions on how to do mindfulness of the body. You're going to hear this a lot, I think, from Donna and I. We both emphasize this a lot, which is this idea of how are we relating to our body? And, you know, what what is your relationship with your body like? You know, some people really feel at home and comfortable in their body. And some people really feel very uncomfortable in their body. There's a James Joyce novel that starts with uh, describing the main character who lives just a little bit outside of his body. (laughs) So when you think about yourself, how much of you do you think lives and grounds in your body and how much of you stays a little bit removed ahead of or away from that felt sense of the body. So the, you know, if we, if we are someone who tends to not be that comfortable, not that at home in our body, it could either feel really great to come home to the body Or it also can sometimes mean that we feel feelings that we haven't been wanting to feel. So just as much as you can, be very compassionate with yourself and try and stay with what arises. Try and stay close to that feeling of the body. Sometimes we trust our bodies a lot. We have a real, like, to me there's this awe, you know, like, We don't have to tell our body how to eat, how to digest the food that we eat. 
just does it. Or to clean it out, or to pump the blood, or... Like, the body knows how to do this. It's remarkable. It has so much intelligence in it. Can you imagine if we had to try and tell the body what to do with all of these processes that are going on? And sometimes things happen in our lives that trigger a sense of mistrust in our body because we get sick or something happens. So just check in right now and notice, oh, how, where's my trust level with my body right now? And it's important to honor what is comfortable for you. But what can you trust about your body? The hair grows, my eyes blink, I breathe. There's another part of our experience that can impact our relationship with our body, which is kind of the commentary, the narrative that we might have, like, I should be skinnier, I should be more fit, I should be taller, I should be shorter, you know, I should have brown eyes or green eyes or blue eyes, you know, I should have curly hair, no, I should have straight hair, no, I should have long hair, short hair, you know, I shouldn't be balding, I should be, you know, like, I should shave it all up. There's so many messages that we get and can carry around that have, that affect our ability to settle in and be comfortable in the body that we have. And this matters because we need to kind of understand, are we coming to our body with a sense of trust and comfort, contentment, as best we can? Or are we hesitating or feeling critical? Because that that energy of being critical or distancing or not wanting to be in our bodies will affect our experience in meditation. And so it's... You may not be able to change that, but it's good to know it. That inner posture, the inner relationship to ourselves. And as much as possible, be soft and kind around it. Whatever's there. The thing about the body is it itself is not ruminating. Isn't that cool? We, our minds are, but our bodies are not ruminating, right? The body is just feeling and being present. It's aware and vibrant. In, in other words, it's already mindful. So the body is this incredible gateway, incredible way for us to find the present moment. Because, you know, if you just sit here for a second and feel the sensations... They're, they're happening right here. They're changing. Can you feel into the sensations in your body? It's, um, the sensations are like the language of the body. It's how the body communicates. It tells us a lot. You know those feelings of butterfly when you're nervous? Well, it's actually connected to the brain and communicating, you know, what we're sensing. 
So there's a lot of wisdom for us to tune into in the body. The way that we let the body know it's heard is that we feel. It's like the listening is to feel, to receive the sensations, to receive the signals. Body sensations can be pleasant and unpleasant and and neither, kind of more neutral. So sometimes it can be helpful just to have a very simple noting of, oh, this is a pleasant sensation, or this is unpleasant, or, I don't know, this is neutral, this is neither pleasant nor unpleasant. And then just if we're having, in particular, when we're having unpleasant sensations, just trying to keep it really simple. And Don will talk about pain, working with pain in the body later. You know. So, you know, are you any of you sports fans? Watch sports. Nancy back there. How do you feel about the commentators in, in sports? Um, I like some of them, and some of them are a little too much. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure even if you aren't sports fans, you've watched sports, right? And you've heard the commentators, right? And they really pump up the energy. And some of them are too much, maybe like Nancy's saying, (laughs) and others maybe more subtle, right? Depending on the sport or the commentator. And, um, but if you can imagine whatever sport you might be thinking of in the moment, imagine the volume off. You're watching the sport, and there's no commentator. Just seeing if you're watching tennis, the flow, maybe you hear the, you know, ball or football or, you know, whatever it is, baseball, soccer. Just seeing, see in the moment, in your mind's eye, watching the sport without any comments. Just the natural flow, seeing things moving. Can you feel how different that might be to watch the sports without the commentator? I see Grace saying yes. Anybody else? Can you imagine how different that would be? So in the same way, actually, when we're meditating, it's possible to turn off the commentator, to turn the volume way down anywhere, to stop tuning in to the inner commentator. So just by tuning in just to the sensations, to the flow of the breath, to the experience of hearing, if you're having a hard time as you meditate because the commentator is really going, maybe open your eyes. It's okay to open your eyes. What we, what we want is to be present. And we, we need to trust what helps us be present. So even though we might invite you to close your eyes, if you're having a hard time orienting and it helps you to open your eyes, please open your eyes. One little thing that after, sometimes when we open our eyes, we need to orient. Like we need to actually look around for a minute. Help us. It's sort of like helping us. Oh yeah. Okay. This is where I am. Okay, everybody else is meditating too. Okay, I'm all right, you know. Sometimes that's kind of what we need to do. After we do that, then it can be, it can help 
settle if we just gaze like a 45-degree slant with our eyes down on the soft carpet, just a soft dropping of the eyes. And, and then let it sort of just be, you know, a little blurry. We take in a lot when we look around. There's a lot of stimulation in the visual world. And so we need to learn how to direct our awareness, right? And be with what we're directing. So let's do a little experiment in this regard to learning how to move our awareness around, to choose what we focus on. So let's start by feeling our feet. So just what do you first notice? Just being aware. And then see if you can kind of let your feet be flat and really feel, maybe even press down a little bit. And see if you can feel even pressure on the inside, outside edges, the front and the back of the feet, where they're making contact with the carpet or the cushion. Maybe you can even tune into where the arch is that isn't pressing into the surface. That's feeling the sensations of the bottom of the feet. And then maybe wrapping the awareness up to the top of the feet and feeling, you know, sort of the tops of the toes. Maybe even, can you feel into where the toenails are? And if you can't feel, just imagine, just hold space. Nothing wrong if you don't feel any of these details. You can just hold your awareness around the area of your feet. And then just hold the foot, both feet as a whole. Seeing what you can open to and sense into heat, cool, tingling, pressure, skin touching skin, like the toes pressing into each other. All these different things that we can feel in just our feet. And with the next inhale and exhale, letting go of the feet. And then bringing your awareness up into like the head and the neck. Just sort of exploring this area. Feeling maybe the jaw, cheeks, nose, temples, eyebrows, maybe the forehead. And with that forehead, just seeing if you can't Take a deep breath in and invite, not forcing anything, but just inviting a little bit of a relaxation in the face. We tend to hold a lot of tension in our eyebrow area, eyes and face and jaw. (sighs) I hear a yawn, that's always good. Then notice the top of the head. See if you can feel the hairs on your head. And then again, expanding to feel the the whole of the head, the front, the sides, the back, 
Just feeling the sensations, how it feels different in the face than it does in the neck, than it does on the head and the ears. And then taking a breath in and out, letting go of the head and neck. And then let's place our hands, if they're not already touching, put your hands together. And feel your hands. Just notice what you can feel. Feel where they're warm when they're touching or maybe they're cold. Can you feel the space in the middle of the palms that aren't touching? Can you feel what isn't being touched? Noticing the difference between the palms and the backs of the hands and how they feel different. How the air might be very gently, very lightly cool where it touches your hands. And then with the next inhale and exhale, letting go of the hands. And then... Let me ask you, what happened to your feet when you were paying attention to your hands? (laughs) Or your head when you were paying attention to your feet? Did you know you had a head when you were paying attention to your feet? You just did an amazing practice of moving your awareness, of choosing what you were paying attention to. And it was all about sensations and experience you were having in your body in this moment. So it's not that we lose our hands or feet or head when we're paying attention to something else. They're always there. But we prioritized being aware of these body parts in this exercise. And so as we move into more of this meditation practice on the body, the invitation is to prioritize being aware of sensations in the body. It doesn't mean you won't have thoughts or feelings, emotions. You're just going to kind of prioritize what you're taking in, what you're giving your awareness, which is what your most precious commodity in my view what you're giving your awareness to, what you're tuning it into. So it's very helpful to do this kind of as we did here with this light sense of curiosity and investigation. We were sort of exploring together, would you say? So bringing this this kind of uh, inner relationship, like this inner relationship of being curious Attentive, right? We were very attentive here. And we're sort of exploring what's happening. How are things unfolding? Did anyone try to make their feet feel a particular way? Right? We just came to see what was there. And so this is the idea. This is, we just had this perfect experience to help you 
right? This reference of, oh, how did I do it? Oh, yeah, 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 right? So you don't need to make anything happen in your meditation. No two meditations will be the same. It's really about opening up and being with our experience, tuning into what's happening in the present moment without a lot of the extra commentary. (laughs) Just the simple, like, noting, maybe cool or warmer hands or sensation, right? Neutral, unpleasant feelings, whatever. Just, Just that little bit. That's all we need. All right. So... You're all already meditating, it feels to me. (laughs) So we'll just kind of continue here for a little bit longer. And we'll start, I'll start you with some guidance that's going to be focusing on the breath. Just as kind of to give you that experience of tuning into the breath. And then we'll, you know, open it up a little bit to the body. So you might take a moment to adjust your posture, maybe rock back and forth or front and back and just stretch a little bit, maybe move the shoulders or, you know, stand up if you want to do standing practice. Yeah. And when we when we are sitting formally, it's very helpful to be very conscious about it. Sort of like, okay, we, we need to kind of tune, tell our brains and our bodies, okay, it's time we're going to pay attention to our experience, we're going to meditate, you know. So, all right, so in this posture and taking a posture that's upright, right, so just a little bit of an uplift, feeling like the head reaching toward the ceiling. And we're not, if we slouch, forward we're going to cut off our capacity to breathe and we'll get kind of sleepy so we want to kind of pull it up and roll the shoulders back feel the feet firmly planted find the hands in a comfortable posture ah and take a few deep breaths yeah and notice if you're you know, breathing with the diaphragm right now on automatically. And if you're not, you might want to take those conscious, deeper belly breaths. It's kind of helpful pretty much every time I sit down, I start with a few longer, slower, deeper breaths, really consciously breathing and helping reset my system. And so, okay, mind and body, here we are. We are ready to pay attention to our experience of breathing. May I tune in to my experience of breathing and be curious and interested and stay connected. You might just start by noticing the feeling of the breath that comes and goes from the nostril area.
Can you feel the way that it feels different to inhale the air past your nose versus exhale it? You can also notice the feeling of the breath in the throat, the back of the throat, and sort of massaging the chest and the belly. And just getting a feel for where is it easiest for me to stay connected to breathing? What part of the breath? Is it down in the belly? Is it at the nose? Where is it easiest for me? tonight, right now, to feel the breathing. And wherever that is, just spend a few breaths tuning in and being curious about that area, that experience. notice at some point that your mind wants to think about something. It's what minds do. They think. So it's not a problem, right? Just allowing the mind to have its thoughts. And if you happen to get caught up in thinking... At some point, you'll remember, oh, oh yeah, I was trying to pay attention to my breathing. Which means you're already mindful. Which means we can just be like, great, great, that's right, I want to notice my breath. That's all. That's all. How does this breath feel? Thinking's nature is not a problem. We're working not on trying to make it not happen, but just to change well, maybe how in, in hand, um, how enraptured we are by it. To maybe be able to choose when we want to think and pay attention to thoughts and when we want to direct our awareness to a different part of our experience.
So if thinking is strong or emotions are strong, you could just note, oh, thought, thoughting, thinking's happening, or emotion. And just taking a few more of three breath journeys here. your awareness to just open up to the whole body. Wherever there's prominent sensations or feelings in the body, just allowing those to be known, be received. Remember, sensations is the language of the body and feeling them is how they're heard. Just tuning in again to the sensations. Maybe a gentle label of pulsing, cool, warm. Keeping your awareness more on the experience than on the name. Maybe noticing hearing.
So there are two microphones on the floor. Would you both pick those up and turn them on? There's a little button to push. Just kind of push it in and hold it pressed, and you get your little green light. That's right. And, um, you know, this class is being recorded, so it's very helpful um, to use the microphone to speak into. And we're going to take a few minutes, Donna and I both, to, um, we would like to hear from you about what did you notice? How was it for you? What was easy? What was hard? Um, Do you have a question? It's really a benefit to all of us if you could share a few words about your experience. And so, Grace, are you willing to share something? Maybe the battery's out. A, a technical note, if you hold it kind of like this. Close. Close and sort of like pointing at your mouth. It, it picks up a lot better. This way? Oh, that can mm-hmm. uh, Okay. Um, maybe it's the energy of being together. I was able to concentrate on breathing better. And doing it myself, <laughs> and it just became easier to just concentrate on breathing. So that was my experience tonight. <laughs> and your voice, very calming. That really helps stay with it. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Usually, yeah. my thought just goes everywhere, <laughs> and I can't continue. And yeah. So I'll just give up. But that was very. Um, I was able to sustain that uh, peace. Just cut your breathing. Um, so I like that. <laughs> Great. Thank you, Grace. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. And I'll start on this side. I'm Scott, and I had a rough day at the office. I thought I would cheat and have a drink before I came. Decided not to. And this was actually so relaxing as my first meditation. I almost find myself almost falling asleep twice, which I normally don't do at this hour. So it was really interesting just seeing how calm and relaxing it took the stress of the day away great hello Don. hello tanya hello everyone yes i i too as scott was saying i was very relaxed which is why i was trying to keep my eyes open rather than closed for this meditation because um i did try the from last week's class the whole Focusing on one area and then just kind of zoning it out, like keeping it within like my periphery, kind of worked. But then I, I found myself closing my eyes and then I'm like, no, I'm, I'm falling asleep. So let me open them again. And but it was okay, not trying to resist anything and just being mindful of the breath and what else. Just knowing when I wasn't focusing on that, just going back to that and it's just the it's like ping pong back and forth yeah i'm like okay but um i was it was nice to know as don had mentioned that in meditation thinking is always present i mean but the awareness practice with the feet and the hands it was very simple but then i realized oh my my presence isn't so much in my body but up here and <laughs> right and i I'm like oh, I sometimes I bring 
whatever's up here into my meditation and then it's I'm aware of something that I would rather not be aware of rather than just on the breath and just sitting and being but it was, thank you it was good. great great share thank you great Hi, <clears throat> my name is Shalane. Um What I've found um, is that it really, <clears throat> it really um, is a real add-in to my life because I find that if I really practice this breathing um, when I go when I go, go to bed and I'm thinking about all the things from the day, and so I just focus on the breath and my body and you know just relaxing and. Wow, I'm out. Mm-hmm. So it, it really is helpful that way. I mean, I'm doing it on purpose. So I, now if I sit here and I'm... <laughs> then I'm not doing that on purpose. But it really helps, helps me at night to just calm down and be able to doze off. Great. Nathan, did you? No. I might as well ask this then. Um, am I allowed to fall asleep? Like, maybe not in the beginning, but, like, I've heard of, like, monks kind of falling asleep, and it's like, that's okay. Yeah. There are different schools of thought about this. As a beginner or a relative beginner, it's helpful to try to stay awake. Um, and unless you're using it intentionally, I do the same thing at night. I, I breathe myself to sleep. Um, and... Depending on the style of meditation, um, it can be possible to watch your mind descending into sleep. So I don't recommend trying it at first necessarily, but you could play with that at night and see. Like, what's the last thought I notice? What's the last breath I notice? That's interesting. Thank you. Anyone have a, any questions about the instructions? Anything that didn't feel very clear? Or you want repeated or said differently? Thank you. Hi. Um, when, you, when I'm concentrating on the breath and the commentator, the mind starts, you know, disrupting or talking too loud, um, I find it difficult to concentrate on the breath again. Mm-hmm. So what I do is, I, I don't know if that's okay, but I just get one word and I just repeat it and repeat it and repeat it until the comments go away and then go back into the breath. Is that a, 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 I don't know, a good technique? <laughs> so there are so many different kinds of meditation and sometimes repeating one word can be like a, a mantra meditation. If you're trying to practice mindfulness meditation, you may try one word that's linked to your physical experience, like um, breathing or sitting or thinking. Um, for me, I find it super helpful to name whatever process is happening in a simple way, just Naming that thinking is thinking okay. pops the awareness out of getting sucked into the thinking. Mm. 
And that cultivates that muscle that Tanya is talking about, that strength. So I don't know, is that helpful at all? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And it's totally valid. There are entirely valid traditions of meditation that um, do use a word. In fact, in, in um, some beginning meditation courses, um, people will count from one to ten and back again. So if my mind is going absolutely bonkers, sometimes I still do that. Like count the breaths. Exactly, counting the breaths. One on the in-breath, one on the out-breath, two on the in-breath, two on the out-breath. And that keeps it, again, linked to your physical sensations. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah, it was really skillful what you did. Mm-hmm. I mean, it worked, right? Uh, I just said one, 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 one. Mm-hmm. Great. Like, yeah. Uh, yes. yeah. So the commentator went away. Beautiful. So, you know, that's that's an example of um, choosing what you put your awareness on. You were choosing to put it on the word one, right? Now, like Don's saying, try and link it with what's ha- something that's happening right because that's the that's the kind of pinnacle of mindfulness you know the present moment practice of mindfulness but very skillful thank you yeah, yeah. it doesn't work to try and fight with the thinking if you haven't noticed if you try and get in there and argue with it you're just still thinking so you did a nice job of shifting your awareness you were choosing that's beautiful. Thank you. All right. Okay. So that's also a beautiful example of creativity and meditation, right? And we want to encourage you to experiment and find ways that work for you. It's okay to bring your intelligence, your creativity, even a little bit of your imagination to your present moment experience. The key is to your present moment experience. Imagination can easily go spinning off into the virtual reality engines we all carry around inside of us. So um, I'm going to do a little bit of a talk about working with discomfort and pain. But before I start, I'm going to model a lying down posture right here on the floor. And just to name that um, for me, I started, I came in through what we call the dukkha doorway, the discomfort or pain, suffering doorway into meditation. So it was, the lying down posture was my only option for the first year or so. So you don't need to do it. In some ways, it is the most challenging posture because as many of you have noticed, when the mind starts getting relaxed, what are we conditioned to do? That's right, fall asleep. So, um, but if you find, you know, you've got awful back pain or hip pain or neck pain or something, I just want to provide this as an alternative. And it's a completely valid form. There's many descriptions of the Buddha meditating lying down. So he had a bad back towards the end of his life. So we're going to try this with the mic on. Um, Offer a couple of quick options. You're welcome to use a little pillow behind your head um, or under your neck if that's helpful or one under your knees. I find it helpful to use, if the intent is to stay awake and meditate, a different spot or a different posture than I sleep in. 
So one option is to leave your knees up like this and you tent them so that they support each other. And the pressure is very light, as if it's just enough to maybe hold a piece of paper between your knees. Or, and or, you can lift one hand up. Or some people do both hands up, 90 degrees. It is pretty much impossible to fall asleep doing this, because as soon as you start, you'll do that. And that wakes you up, usually before your hand even hits the ground. And then another option is to take some kind of intentional posture with the hands, like this or this. So that's a way of relaxing your nervous system very quickly, physically. And um, a really safe place to play with this is in bed at night before you're ready to go to sleep. (laughs) Because if you fall asleep, it's all good. You win either way. So, working with pain, one of the most, maybe the most helpful thing is, again, Tanya and I keep talking about noticing your relationship to what's happening, noticing the relationship to any discomfort in the body. I'm talking here tonight about physical pain. We'll talk about more emotional kinds of stuff later in the course. So um, pain is composed of layers. There's the raw sensation that the nerves are sending to the brain. And then there is the layer of the mental response to it. And pain is often hard to ignore. It is designed to be hard to ignore. This is not a coincidence, right? So any layers of extra reactivity, resistance, disliking, anger, that is directed towards the pain, clinical studies have shown it does make the subjective experience of the pain worse, sometimes much worse. Now, it's far easier for me to say that than for any of us to change our relationship to it. However, knowing it might be helpful, right? Just knowing that. So um, to give one of the most helpful attitudes to bring, relationships to bring, is to consider this body your lifelong companion, your lifelong companion, and to offer compassion towards that part of the body or just your whole body as it hurts. Like that mental attitude will often help soften things some. For me, when I first started experiencing major pain, I blamed myself. And guess what that did? Up. Right. Okay. So on a practical level, That's noticing the inner commentary. Am I bludgeoning the pain? Am I bludgeoning myself because of the pain? Can I be kind? Can I notice the tone of my internal voice? So that's one way of approaching it. Noting, labeling, as Tanya was talking about, is also really helpful. And you can label using hurts or pain. It's actually more helpful to drop it down a level 
to kind of the raw sensation. So is it burning? Is it hot? Is it contracted and tense? Just noticing all of the little sensations around it. Okay? So that's another way of working with it. Micro sensations within the pain. And each of these techniques work for different people at different times. Okay? I'll just name. I'm naming each of them and you can use them in concert with each other. If the pain is really intense, sometimes it's helpful to be around the edges of it. Right? Not dive straight in the middle. Although if your mindfulness is strong, really focusing on it without aversion, without the attitude, can actually help it decompose to its the sensations that make it up and it can dissolve or shift or change. And to notice all of the little sensations that are dissolving, shifting, changing. When we're having a negative relationship to the pain, it's really easy for it to become really solid and feel kind of like a block. And if we get curious, almost nothing in our bodies is actually the same for very long. And so to just notice the shifting. Notice that. And there are even usually little gaps, moments of not pain. Or places, technique number three, places in the body where there are not pain. There is not pain. When I first started practicing, I got this instruction, and the only place I could find was my earlobe. So I focused on my earlobe. (laughs) Both earlobes, actually. So it, it can be like almost like finding a safe space in your body. Tip of the nose works for a lot of people. Elbow sometimes. Toe. So um, it's like Tanya was talking about that practice of intentionally shifting the attention. It's the opposite of the allowing it, of the attention to rest in it. If that's too intense, shift it somewhere else. It can be the whole body, maybe the container. Your whole body feels better than just that one spot. Right? Um, So the classic kind of instruction is to turn attention towards the predominant sensation for as long as it lasts and when it shifts and changes to return your attention to whatever was your major focus, the whole body, the breath. Another way of approaching it is um, in that sort of safe space, if it's too much, is to practice with another anchor, object of attention entirely. And that, for many people, is sound. Sound tends to bring us out, the attention outward. And I don't know if any of you could just hear the distant sound of the train. Like That's a really good example. You can almost feel your attention expanding out to where the sound is. That's often the perception. And allowing the attention to rest there can provide a perception of more space for the sensation to be in. 
So, just to invite all of us to take a few minutes to let that rest. Do you have any specific questions about what I just said before I start us in a meditation? Anything that I said that didn't make sense? Okay. We'll play with it, and there'll be more opportunity for questions later. So finding a comfortable posture balances relaxation and alertness, however makes most sense for you right now. Sitting, standing, lying down. And taking a moment to notice your whole body. Just how it is right now in a really general sense. Noticing sensations of warmth or cool. The contact of your feet on cushion or floor. All of the little motions and sensations that let you know this body is alive. sensation of breathing for just a moment or two, maybe in your belly, your diaphragm, to be your anchor. One, two, three breaths, three breath journey. to notice, expand the attention through your body. Notice if there are any predominant sensations other than breathing. It could be discomfort or pain, or it could just be something else, anything else, for the purpose of experimenting. And allowing that that sensation to be the main focus, object of attention for a moment. Noticing the area around the sensation. Noticing any tiny shifts micro changes within the area, maybe a bunch of little sensations. Noticing any way it changes. Maybe applying a soft label, a mental note, describing it.
And now if it has faded, shifting the attention again back to the breathing. And when the next sensation comes along, besides breathing, allowing that to be in the foreground. Noticing the area around it, within it. Maybe noting simply the differences there. Inviting the attention to move to hearing sound. Perhaps the sound of my voice, the soft sounds in the room, in the building. distant sounds of movement outside of the building. Noticing the coming and going of sound.
noticing the relationship of your mind and your heart with the sounds. So thank you for your practice. And now we have another brief period of questions, sharings, answers with both Tanya and myself. Thank you for the meditation, Don. You're welcome. What did you guys notice? For me, the standing meditation here really works. I, the commentator goes away, and I was concentrating. It is more focused on my, on my body, and the sensations, and and so it was. I really like it. Really, on breathing and balance, it was that. Beautiful for me. Beautiful. So let me make sure I understood you. You said that particular meditation session, you felt like the commentator really died back? Um, Yes. uh, The previous session I did the standing too, uh, but it was more towards not falling asleep. (laughs) It was to be, Mm -hmm. uh, when I was sitting down, I was so relaxed, I was falling asleep. But this time, the standing meditation was... I barely had a commentator. It was just breathing and, and balancing my body to be standing, relaxing, and, and at the same time aware. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. Hello. Um, I have a question regarding, like, when you're meditating and you're your attention is on the pain, whether it be like a sensation. I know that for this talk it was about like body sensation, but what if you are thinking about something that's bothering you, that's painful, but it's emotional? And I suppose like when I do resist, I don't know if that may, should I wait next week for the next? Come back next okay. week. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. It's great. Yeah. It's all that's you're right on track. That's bring that's hold that curiosity. Yeah, yeah. It's a great question. Mm-hmm. And you can, if you have stuff come up, you can use some of these tips. Just apply them. Mm-hmm. Kindness always helps. What like I found myself in the meditation like oh I I ate too much before going to the meditation so I'm feeling uncomfortable but I'm like mm. I just noted that and 
And so that was okay. But like, what what else can I say re- regarding that? Like, oh, may I be happy, safe, peaceful, and and free. That that thing. I mean, beyond that, or just like, what else do I say? Or do I have to say something in particular? So it's a bigger question. Um, you don't need to say anything necessarily. But just, like, the, the shortest version is, it's okay. It's okay. But you hear the tone of my voice? It's more about the tone than whatever the words are. Yeah. And, and just to, like Tanya has been saying, notice it. It's great noticing that you're noticing it. That's good mindfulness. And so, to feel good about that. Any other questions or comments? I'm really curious how that meditation was for some of the other people in the room. Did you have a comment? It looked like you were. I was kind of rubbing my knee, but I, I do have a question. I could, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, thank you, Michael. I have, a bad, I have a bad knee, and it's been bothering me. But um, earlier you had said something along the lines that a research or a study showed uh, something about uh, exacerbating the pain. If you thought, I, I was wondering if you could repeat that. Uh, I didn't catch that part. Yeah, yeah. So um, um, clinical pain psychologists, research psychologists, have discovered that... Um, catastrophizing pain or um, having a really negative attitude about it or like, oh, this is going to last forever and it's horrible and it's going to get worse. All of those things actually increase our subjective experience of the pain. Like it actually feels worse. Um, Even, this is a little Jedi mind trick that I didn't think to put in the talk, but um, calling it my pain can make it Stronger, and allow and just noticing pain as arising or discomfort as arising can disidentify with it a little bit so that it is not quite as strong. So it's so much about what you were talking about, like that that voice, that commentary is um, a lot of what can help lock it in or increase it or start to ease it a little bit. It's, it's both psychology and sensation is in pain. So I hope, was that helpful? No, yeah, yeah that, that's very helpful. I, I just kind of missed that uh, part. Um, yeah. It might be a question for next week, though, but I wonder how that is also related to, like, uh, the um, psychological pain or the emotional um, pain. Well, so, I'll, I'll say one real quick thing, um, which is that actually physical pain and emotional pain share the same circuits in the brain. So um, they are very connected. And, and, um, and in fact, there's studies now that are being done on painkillers and how they can affect your emotional states. Mm-hmm. So, yep, Tylenol. I saw one in particular on Tylenol. That, um, so there you go. <laughs> 
a, a quick bit. Um, so I've, I've been coming here for a few months now, and then today traffic goes hectic, and I thought, ah, oh, I should just turn around. I'm not going to have a good meditation session or whatnot. But I was able to drop into the mindfulness and, and have a good meditation session. But I've noticed I used to have a judgy part of myself when I first started coming here. My mind is wandering. I'm thinking about something embarrassing that happened, um, and I'd really snappy, judgy. And now I notice myself being a lot more compassionate. Mm. But I'm starting to mourn the old uh, um, sort of uh, judgy me. But, yeah, that's just something beautiful. I noticed today. That's beautiful. Great example of noticing how you're relating, the inner relationship. It's this, this practice is, you can't do this practice without paying attention to how you're relating to yourself. Yeah. It's so critical. It makes all the difference. It will completely impact your experience of meditating. So. Two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Or ten years ago. <laughs> so w- let me shift and just give you um, just a reminder. Hopefully, you all got a handout. Um, on the second side, it has your your homework. Um, so the invitation is to practice for 20 minutes every day. I always like to say, you know, it's more important that you practice every day than for 20 minutes. So if you can't do 20, do 15. If you can't do 15, do 10. If you can't do 10, do 5. If you can't do 10, do 2. Right? Or 5, you do 2. But um, And you can also break it up. So the goal is to try and get 20 minutes of practice every day. Yeah, so um, this week, mindfulness of the body. That the, what we were doing in, in this room together, that's what we want you to practice this week. And the handout will have some beautiful instructions for you to help you remember. So um, another invitation is that you know during a two-hour period of the week being mindful of your body while you're doing something right periodically noticing um, what's happening um, your shoulders your stomach your face your breathing right just noticing tension and um, just ease and try and relax when you find yourself tensing up the third thing invitation is to do one meal mindful eating just really practice mindfulness of eating it's the body and wow there's some great things to start to notice you might start salivating before you get your food in your mouth you know if you take your time you, you'll you can notice these things and then the fourth is to kind of be curious about when when it is your attention gets distracted or fragmented or you know dr- pulled into something that you don't you didn't really choose or wouldn't want to choose to pay attention to so start to notice what your patterns are where do you get caught where does your attention get snagged in something um, and then if you have if you have anybody you're talking to about meditation take time to share what you're noticing with them so We're over a minute, so let me move quickly then into just the dedication of merit, which is um, 
you know, we ha- in this in this lineage, it's very important to understand that we practice for ourselves, others, and both. Right? We that we benefit ourselves, but as we benefit ourselves, we benefit others, and it benefits both. And that we, it's very helpful to acknowledge this. And so, may we dedicate the benefits of this practice to all beings everywhere, without exception. May all beings benefit from being able to direct their awareness and tune into how they're being aware of their experience. Thank you so much. Thank you for your kind attention and engagement. Lovely to be here with you. And Donna and I will be back next week. So we'll be talking about emotions, expanding the circle ever wider. All right. Take care, you guys.